What the futter whacking did we just watch? Coming up on Dispop. Dispop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Rhino Clavin. This is Dispop. Joined with me for this movie review is the talented Craig Williams. Hello. And we've reviewed quite a doozy this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, quite a, so much of a doozy that it required taking a week off from reviewing anything just because we had to mentally prepare for what was to come with this one. And honestly, uh, it just made me really uh, disappointed for what's coming up this weekend. Honestly, I, OK, so earlier uh, at the end of last year, I had my wisdom teeth out, all four of them at once. And this was more difficult than that process. Yeah, I mean, it took you at least, what, there three, four days to get through this entire movie? It's like when you watch a movie and you realize, oh, shoot, this is a uh, foreign film. I'm supposed to have subtitles on here. And, oh, no, they're speaking English. And I, so I just, I watched the first, like, 40 minutes of this movie. We should probably say what the movie is, I think, to get started. So Well, I mean, yeah, ex- for the people who don't read titles, though, this really is just building up the anticipation. <laughs> well, it's not the Rocky Horror Picture Show on that anticipation. Patient. So I I hate myself for saying it, but wait, wait for it. Um, we watched the two thousand. What what year was it? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. The two thousand ten Tim Burton directed Alice in Wonderland. Garbage. Yeah, there's. I can't even. I can't even not mention it without just saying this movie is a pos. It is just. It is. I have seen every Tim Burton movie, and this is the low of lows. Yeah, there. There's nothing really positive to say about this back in 2010 whenever it came out and uh yeah six years later now there's still really nothing good to say about it actually there's more negative things to say about it because well the heavy use of cgi and graphic imagery has just gotten so bad oh yeah it it has not aged well at all um i you know okay so you know what's really sad i have a little bit of a so i'll admit when i saw the trailers for this and i was like oh tim burton's directing it johnny depp's in it i can't go wrong because dark shadows hadn't come out yet i can't go wrong here i love johnny depp i love tim burton and um i was excited for this movie i thought this movie will change my perception of alice in wonderland because i'm going to preface this by saying I don't necessarily think I've ever seen a version of Alice in Wonderland that I've even cared for that much. Like, the Disney one is fine. I just... It is what it is. I don't... I've seen it once or twice in my life, and that's enough. And But there was a scary one that was on TV when I was a kid. It was like a BBC Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. It was a two-part. And that one was the only one... I mean, that one scared me. It scared me quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but... I thought, okay, well, here's here's the one. I'm going to get invested. This is cool. It's riding on the uh, the coattails of that Avatar 3D movement that happened back in the day. Because I would say that this was the next... It was Avatar in Christmas of 2009, and then Alice in Wonderland in March 2010. And this was the next big 3D event movie, as they were like touting it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, to give my thoughts on Alice in Wonderland, I actually do really enjoy the, uh, the, Disney, the Disney classic one? animated one. Um it's i like I, I the think, voices i just yeah. don't like the story that's I, I think the the story isn't the strongest because it really just does bounce around chronicle to chronicle to chronicle 
however, that's that's what works perfectly in Alice that nothing makes sense. Well, that's it, also um, the movie. I read actually before we did this that that was the style that it was written in. That yeah. that was the style of that sci-fi fantasy was it was set up to be a you just encounter a character and you move on from weird character to weird exactly. character to weird character. So the fact that it does that actually like harken back to the novel. Yeah, and uh, it's I, I've read the books. Alice in Wonderland and Alice through oh, the you Looking have? Glass. Okay. Yeah, I did. Um, and then also, I, I do appreciate it. Mostly, I like the the uh, the movie for the music, which is you know that's well, what Disney's great at. They're it's great a very at music. Happy birthday! Like, like who doesn't like that? Yeah. Doot, doot. Like you know, it's, it's a good just song. there's so many good things about it. Um, and then, he, as you said before, this was Tim Burton and Johnny Depp at their like pinnacle right now. So uh, going back to you know, Johnny Depp blew up around 2003 whenever you had Pirates of the Caribbean. That's when he, he was always, yeah. He was always big, but this was whenever he became international superstar for good. Uh, and then followed that up uh, with a string of hits, including Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is another one that has not really aged well. Um, but I, then, I need to know right now before we continue on. Are you a fan of that or not? No, I am not. I um I haven't actually like I saw it in the theater and I bought the yeah. DVD when it came out because I didn't have a Blu-ray yet and honestly I don't know that I ever actually watched it I, again. I was a fan of it. I also saw it in theaters and then I bought it. I've watched it several times over the years. Um, Freddie Highmore. Is I love Freddie still Highmore. I was just gonna say ridiculously good in it. Yeah. Um, he and still to this day a great actor. But uh, it's just again Tim Burton went through that weird change where. Everything was just slightly off, and then Sweeney Todd kind of brought it back for him, where oh, Sweeney Todd things were good, start, yeah. starting to move on the same direction. Dark, dark again, too. Mature and, adult. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And then Alice in Wonderland comes out. and Was Alice in Wonderland the follow-up to Sweeney Todd? Yes. For, oh, God. It was for, um, for both of them. Well, no, Public Enemies came out in between. Uh, this was really the, the changing point in both of their careers. So looking at Johnny Depp after this, you have The Tourist... Rango, the fourth Pirates movie, Rum Diary, Dark Shadows, Lone Ranger, okay. Transcendence. I have to um, throw an asterisk in some of these because Transcendence, I looked forward to so much. God, that movie was terrible. Yes. And I'm, but I am going to say I loved Rango. I, I didn't, I thought I was going to hate it when I went to see it in the movie theater. I will say I've only seen it once in the movie theater and I think I just thought this movie's going to be terrible. Why am I seeing this? And I really enjoyed it. But I think that's also around the time where I was starting to realize I really enjoyed Westerns. So I think that was like right at the right point for me in my life. And then I am one of the very few who does enjoy the Lone Ranger. And you're allowed to enjoy it as long as you keep the perception that it's not a good movie. Oh, no. It's, but I, can I don't still think it's as it. bad as people say, but I don't think, I, I mean, like, I don't think it's a 20% movie. I think it's probably like a 60%. Like, it's not, it's got amazing visuals. It's got some really awesome production work, but then it just gets kind of muddled with the over the top action. Like, that, it's just Gore Verbinski that was just on this, like, this hill with no emergency break and no one could stop him from going toward this uh, and then thing. whenever you you know keep in mind some of the issues with production how far over budget it were oh yeah all that, that was, so yeah that's whenever you have to like really look at it from the perspective of this movie wasn't worth what it is and so for that reason i also can't give uh too many good things i'm gonna to call that the uh, the johnny depp lashing out face yeah. where he said i can do whatever i want and i'm gonna prove i'm gonna do any role weird or not 
whatever I want. So the whole point of this big, big sidetracking there was both Tim Burton and Johnny Depp kind of got they got out of hand there. This was yeah. they really hit a pinnacle where both of them were clicking. Everyone loved everything they did, and this was kind of this was this was where they started to fall back down that hill. Once they hit here, this was the peak in terms of not critically but financially. I mean, this yeah. movie made over a billion dollars. I and I still will never know. I mean, maybe it's because it was touted as that 3D thing so there's everybody was buying 3d tickets right then yeah, so it just, just blew up just as you said before avatar it, they really benefited from the same exact thing uh 3d was still very new at that time and no movies were really doing it well yeah except for avatar and then also with alice in wonderland so that really benefited to its overall box office uh take and you know, people always associate box office numbers with quality, uh, unless you're a critic. And <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we'll look at all those Transformers movies. But then, I mean, we have to also look at the other aspect of this too. This movie actually won two Oscars: for oh my best God. art direction and best costume design. Oh my gosh! I will get into that when we get into that. I am taken back by that a little bit. Not. Not necessarily by costume design. I'll let that one go. Yeah. Like, that one seems okay. Like, everybody's costumes were very... It. I feel like somebody just saw it and went, oh, those are very intricate Oscar. As opposed to, like, are they, are they serving of the story? Yeah, but where my problem would be is, did someone win this based on Crispin Glover's outfit that he oh actually gosh. never wore? Because he was just in a green screen suit the entire time with his head poking out? I just, someone did it is in post-production it's funny because when i i even like right before we got started with this i was i was getting like tired while i was watching it originally and falling asleep because it was basically just gibberish and i was thinking i'll go back and rewatch some of it and the first thing i noticed was like oh my god crispin glover is so weirdly stretched out and like some of the costumes are so busy it's distracting to me it's it doesn't you know what i mean it pulls me out of it because i'm yeah. just kind of like how'd that person get dressed i know i know like it doesn't make sense. I none of this movie makes sense. And I, and before anybody starts lashing out and screaming while they're listening to this, it's Wonderland. It's not supposed to make sense. Okay, well, it's still a narrative story within the English language. And, I mean, it's it's not – unless I knew I was watching an avant-garde film, and even then this movie cannot be classified as avant-garde by any means necessary. You know, it just – it was – it was just it was it, it was, was literally the I said it to you this morning. It is the um visual equivalent of diarrhea. Yeah. It is visual diarrhea. It is. And you know what? Some people really love diarrhea. Most don't. So uh should we go over a little bit of what the actual plot of this piece of garbage is? Yeah, and and, and, and this is the thing that kind of took me back a little bit because you know, I understand that I'm not like most of the general public, and you're in the same boat as me. Like, we read movie articles, you know, we, yeah. re- we visit movie websites and, or, you know, um, news websites, and they tell us, like, who's directing what and who's going to star in it, and you get the vague stories, films are being made. And I understand that by the time they come out in the theater, sometimes they're a little twisted around and they're not quite what they were. Some for the better, some for the worse. But so I had read about this ahead of time, thinking, like, okay, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, always great. Um, Alice in Wonderland. Okay, his first Disney movie since he worked there in like the ninety early nineties, late eighties. You know, first movie with them since um, I believe Nightmare Before Christmas. And that he didn't even direct; he just wrote he was a and produced. Produce, I believe, yeah. yeah. And um, it's just uh, 
It's so it's it's supposed to be. It was touted as a sequel to Alice in Wonderland, a pseudo sequel. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. I, and for me, I was like, all right, interesting. And now it's like this is the reason why it exists. It's not a remake of their. Is this the first one in that line of kind of remaking the classic animated ones too? Yeah, this was the first one that that started it all. And by pseudo sequel, I mean we should say what you mean is. It is technically a sequel in that it happens after the events of the first movie. Yeah. However, a lot of the events in this movie Are aren't the- reproductions of what happened in the animated version, the yeah. Disney animated version. However, it's kind of like same setups and, and scenes in terms of like, oh, well, Alice comes to the Mad Hatter and the the March Hare. Well, it's it's she gets the in the room. She drinks the thing. She grows big. She eats like the that. cake. Yeah. She grow, or she drinks the drink. Grows small. Eats the cake. Grows big. Like goes through the door, and you're like, okay, it's just Alice in Wonderland, you know? Yeah, and she gets brought to the same characters in the same order. Yeah, and uh, so every character has to be like, are you the Alice? Yes, and she's because- like, you know, she in the movie she says ten times, it's just a dream. I have to wake up from, and I'm like, oh my good god, Lord. 10 lines of your script yes. that's more than a page and so with further ado with no further ado uh alice in wonderland the 2010 live action one we're talking about is starring a 19 year old alice played by uh mia wasakowski wasakowski uh so basically she's at a party uh spoilers no spoilers the movie's been out for years it's um, been six years it's been six years Get over yourself. <laughs> so she's at she's at a party where all these characters are like just slightly odd and very 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 strange. Like think Wizard of Oz style well, with all, the intro of that. Yeah, and they're all kind of bleached too. Like yeah. there's some like vague color reference. It's all like as if somebody had left everything out in the sun and it had just been kind of like worn out. Yeah, and uh, of course um, she sees a rabbit, which she then follows down into uh into what she was confused to as being wonderland but this time around finds out it's called underland so essentially and i don't understand that is that a thing in the book no it's not they just were like drop the w that's what i'm saying and well that's why i was like oh i should have researched that before we started because i was like isn't it the book is called like in the book was it not wonder it just seems like such a stupid thing to be like when oh underland and you called it wonderland and that's a big revelation for her in the movie but we'll get to that yeah i mean the the title of the book is alice's adventures in wonderland yeah so uh anyways moving on with that uh you know she she's down there and starts running into the same character it's a white rabbit dormus uh dormus the dormouse <laughs> the canadian dormus uh tweedledee and tweedledum and you know they find out that uh they need the right Alice, the Alice who had been in Underland before, uh, which, of course, she, as we just said, she didn't know Underland. Whenever she was there the last time, she called it Wonderland because, you know, she's a stupid little girl. She's Why had should too she many head injuries in her life, apparently. Um, and they need the right Alice to defeat the Queen's Jabberwocky, a weird dragon type uh, character that once he finally gets defeated goes down remarkably easily. Yeah, um, unfortunately, the late great Christopher Lee had two lines in this movie. Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. See, I should say good for him. Yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, Alice goes through all these uh, these trials and tribulations along the line to find out that she is in fact the right Alice who can 
defeat the Red Queen, the Queen of Hearts, and it was I, I think in the movie the it's, White Queen back into her place. So the 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 reason why it says Red Queen or Queen of Hearts is because um, the Queen in this movie, the Helena Bonham Carter one, is the combination of the two characters from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. Because it it was the Queen of Hearts, and then it was the Red Queen. The Red Queen was a chess player. The Queen of Hearts was with the cards so it's kind of like they merged that character into one and so that's a little i mean it it is what it is i mean you don't have to know that but that's also explains some of the weird off aesthetic stuff of the movie but it just is just so hard to look at for me i don't know you want to go further into the plot or is that um... i mean that's the basic plot bunch of crap happens johnny yeah, depp yeah, wants wonderland's to do, in disrepair he's johnny depp plays the mad hatter and you know that, that was the whole thing about the marketing of this movie and everything we talked why do we talk so much about johnny depp as we first started this review because although alice wasn't played by johnny depp johnny depp was the main star of this film is the mad hatter i mean they he's, tried the, he's to do, the main poster the person yeah. front and center on the poster of the second one I, I, that might be true of the first one as well they did everything they could to make him the main star of the movie and push Alice back as much as possible to make him the character that you care about. And, uh, so, Oh, I, I don't, I lost track of where I was even going with that. This, it's just, it's the movie. It's, it's just, it's all over the place. That's the thing. It, it's weird because it does kind of shift. <laughs> and then you're like, am I supposed to understand the Hatters oh, that's issue? A- and he keeps changing voices, but then he's also, like he's got a ba- uh, so which, I which I watched a video on that so I was gonna say I read something about it too so going, tell me about your video going along well it was one of the behind the scenes clips from the movie because uh, I was trying to find out after you asked a question about did they do something to Johnny Depp's eyes in this movie to make them bigger I wanted to go find out more about it and I stumbled upon a behind the scenes video of Johnny Depp talking about his character which they yes they did enhance his eyes in post-production and make them bigger mm. based on the drawings that both Johnny Depp, not drawings, paintings that both Johnny Depp and Tim Burton did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Burton always sketches out characters before every movie he does. Uh, if you haven't seen like the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, actual storybook that Tim Burton released with all his, uh, his drawings for it, it's absolutely beautiful. The Melancholy Oyster, uh, Adventures of Oyster Boy or something like yeah, that. That's like, another he that one he did too. too. That was good. Um, but yeah, so... They, whenever they were going to get the actual visual look for all these characters, they're like, well, you know, the director already showed us what they're supposed to look like. And his characteristic drawings are always, they have big eyes and big, big limbs and stuff. So that's how we're going to make it. And honestly, I don't think they had to ask anyone if that was an okay thing to do. I think they just took it and ran with it. They just did it and nobody, the movie came out and people were like, what's going on with his eyes? I genuinely think they're like, oh, well, in the pictures everything was big so we made them big too and no one no one questioned it i i don't think they're big in this movie coming out either that's the thing is that in this movie for the previous to this movie they look the same like normal size that's what kind of threw me a little bit yeah so with that johnny depp <laughs> good god i keep losing my train of thought with this it's so all over the place johnny depp mad hatter story big background. eyes mad hatter story the accent, the whole thing oh, yeah. behind the accent the, was... The Scottish accent, right? Whenever, yes, whenever Johnny Depp is as the Mad Hatter, whenever he's in the present, that's whenever he's all crazy and oh, and then as soon as he starts remembering the past and remembering 
all the the issues that happened. That's whenever he goes into this Scottish accent that's just clearly his his J.M. Barry from uh, Finding yeah. Never, Neverland, essentially. And uh, he just dives back into this. And then I keep going further onto it and find out in this video that the whole like the whole idea behind Johnny Depp's Mad Hatter is that back in the 1900s, uh, there was apparently a lot of mercury in a lot of the products. Well, that's used the to story of the regular Mad Hatter, too. Is it? Yeah, I didn't it's, know that. it's he's a Mad Hatter because mercury was used originally in, in that stuff. And so it absorbed into his head from okay. wearing the hats. I didn't yeah. I never I never knew that until this. And I'm like, OK, but he took it to like the next level. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not so much mercury poisoning here, whereas it feels like post-traumatic stress plus yeah. mercury poisoning plus it's just nonsensical it's also barely dialogue that he delivers it's barely comprehensible the entire movie is barely comprehensible dialogue it's made up words every two seconds yeah so long story short he's sad he wants to be happy again do the futter whacking yeah you, oh my god awful awful dance that someone actually did i thought for the longest time that that was just cgi i know they i think one day someone spun their head around 360 degrees well no some of it was done (laughs) in post but like the actual body movements and crap that was some dancer which leads me to believe that linda wolverton wrote the script for this movie uh not tim burton thank god he only directed this piece of garbage and let's be real the only reason he directed this was because they offered him the two movie deal he had to do this and then he could make frank and weenie and because of that, he ah, was able to finally make that, the full length version. Go. That's why he didn't direct the sequel of this one. Um, but they're like pub- putting him out and about with this press tour, like he, as if he did direct it. Which, like the actual director is never there. Yeah, which kills me because why would James Bobbin do that? It's like I don't uh, know either. I, I, you know what? He's in deep with Disney right now because of the two Muppets, this movie, and then I think his next movie is going to be a Disney movie as well. So, I mean, if I was. You know, we judge these people by the quality of their product, but honestly, you go through life yeah. and the one the number one thing you want to do is make a movie, and then one of the number one movie studios in the world just keeps giving you work. You're not going to say no, exactly. even when you know it's going to be terrible. I do, you know, I do, I do love him from everything he did with Muppets. Yeah. So it's just why why push him on this too? But going back to Linda Wolverton, so uh, she wrote the script for this. I have a feeling based on some of her other works that whenever she did. Like, whenever she added this part in, I clearly think that it just came down to she saw this guy, like, performing on the side of the She was like, I want this guy in the movie. It's like, I got to find a way to put him in this. I have to figure it out. So I'll make up this stupid futterwhacking crap or whatever it is. Where, like, there's a song that plays all of a sudden out of nowhere, like a weird beat like uh, who knows maybe it is in there maybe it's like one word from the original book it might even be a plot from the original book i read that 15 years ago i don't remember it anymore but it just derails the entire movie once it comes to the end i i remember the first time i watched this movie back whenever it came out i still didn't like it but I said, you know, it, it has its moments. It did look pretty back then. And as soon as it got to the Futterwhacking part, that's wherever I was like, nope. nope. I'm going to burn every that's, reel of this sorry, time I find. Whenever. That's when I looked at it and said, no, no, don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. And I 
I can't say that that's how I feel anymore because now the entire movie leading up to that part is just as bad. And then that's the icing on the cake. Well, that's hard. It's because when we said we were going to do the re-review, I was like, okay, I, I am not necessarily excited for the new one. And I, I have, I like sometimes like pink, sometimes don't. I know people, you know, it's a, it's one of those, like, I can't help when you like bad stuff sometimes. And I'm not saying pink's bad. I'm sure everybody will, but like, it's just, it's one of those like, all right, they did the Jefferson Airplane song in the trailer. Like, they could have just used the original song. I don't think they needed a cover, but yep. that's their choice. Um, and I love that song. You know, I've got it on vinyl, that album on vinyl with it and everything. But um, I was like, oh, okay. this is it. And that second trailer is kind of following the trend of trailers that is starting now. The last trend that's kind of hopefully coming to an end soon is the Inception trailer, where yeah. everything makes a noise in the trailer, where it's just like, whoom. Like the Magnificent Seven has a weird like, like powering down song, and it, but I'm like, okay, well this movie takes place in I'm assuming the eighteen late eighteen hundreds. What's the mechanical noise I'm hearing in this preview? But regardless, the new the new trend seems to be like trailers that are edited using the sounds of the movie to sound like the beats from the song, and I was like, okay, somebody clearly took. Somebody in the editing pay must have been giving us load of crap and been like, what can I do to at least like pull people in a little bit? And I'll say like, I was like, okay, maybe a smidge it could pull me in, but, um, it's not even then I'm like, Sasha Baron Cohen sometimes does like crap, but I I was even like, I can't believe he's even doing this right now. And you know, it's just, it's. I don't even know why I started on this trend, to be honest with you. Well, uh, at the end of the day, Linda Wolverton, again, is – she is back to write the screenplay for this one, too. Oh, God. So there's no hope. So it's going to be bad. And I, I brought this up. She is also the writer behind Maleficent, which, um. as anyone who's ever listened to me talk about it, knows how how very opposed to that movie I am. But in the original – review i did for maleficent the written review for it i was very kind to her for a brief moment because you would never guess the original things that she did screenplays for what her first film she wrote a screenplay for of notable work beauty and the beast oh the animated one the animated one she was in the pre-production story development on aladdin oh wow she freaking wrote the screenplay for homeward bound the oh, first man, one, not the awful band. one. Okay, yeah. And then she also was behind the screenplay of The Lion King. And wow. then her last one for a while with just chipping in and helping out Disney a little bit was Mulan. I love Mulan. But she was also behind um, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. She wrote the book for that. And then she also helped out with The Lion King. And then uh, going way, way back, I don't know how big you are in the Star Wars universe. I mean, I know you love Star Wars. But she was also the writer of the two, uh, some of the Ewoks stuff that was released. The Ewok movies, yeah, back in the you 80s. know, I, the, I, uh, my relationship with Star Wars begins with the Ewok movies. I didn't not, know not they the were... movies. Sorry, the oh. the TV show. I know I'm not familiar with the, the TV show. show. The two movies, yeah. I those are what like I would reenact <laughs> scenes from those at daycare. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I like, said it up from that another way. movie. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to. You just disappointed me. <laughs> I don't want to set it up too high to make you think that she's more important than she is. I but, thought she was the woman who gave birth to Mason Sindel. And I was going to be excited. <laughs> the fact that she did have Beauty and the Beast and Lion King under her belt, and then you know goes off and does other things for years, and then rediscovers this relationship with Disney a lot based around. <laughs> um, 
a lot based around Alice in Wonderland and then Maleficent and now Alice 2. This movie is it, it's not going to be good. I mean, Alice is cashing in on a paycheck. I yeah. mean, this took six years to get made, but I mean, we'll let's let's not get too far now because we're going to need something to talk about when that train wreck happens on Friday. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but this this movie, I'll just say, like for me, right away from the beginning, like I can barely understand what anybody is saying in this movie. I'm I'm going to criticize. I don't dislike her per se, but I think Mia Wachowski. Wasikowski. Wasikowski. She's not one of the siblings. Um, uh, she, good God, this is the flattest acting I've ever seen in my life. Every line is delivered in the exact same, like, I'm Alice. Oh, am I not Alice? I'm Alice. Like, just terrible. There's no there's no evolution of the way she says anything. It's just, I mean, I would say that Helena Bonham Carter is probably the one giving the most effort. But even then, I hate the character. I hate, I, I, I just... I just hate so much about everything. There's just too much to look at. I hate how everything is all different sizes. And I get it. It's Alice in Wonderland. She grows big. She grows small. But good God, the woman lost her clothes at least seven times in the first, like, 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to – sorry. I'm trying to wrap up my thoughts on this. It's just hard whenever I have nothing really good to say I'm trying to find a silver lining in here. Like, I understand it. But I don't think there is because I think the type of technology they were pushing for is the type of technology I hate about movies. Yeah. Like, I honestly, there there is a scene where their dog, the dog that can talk, is running through the the field, and I'm yeah. like, nothing here is real. And I'm and I thought about the Jungle Book, and I was like, well, I'm going to criticize this movie. Yet then we have the Jungle Book, where but that's a, the Jungle Book is a good example of how you take technology yeah. that necessarily could have been like that, but you make it great. Yeah, no, it's. John Favreau did it to perfection using photorealistic yeah. uh, environments as well as characters. Whereas whenever Tim Burton did it and has now is now doing it again for the well, no, he's not doing it. James Bobbin and company are doing it for the sequel, Alice Through the Looking Glass. They are doing this purely because, well, you know, with CGI, you have no boundaries. You can do whatever. You can create whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where you also have the biggest chance to fail in my opinion yeah um you know look at star wars prequels versus star wars like force awakens exactly you know what i mean the 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 prequels started that like phantom menace you know i i will applaud the phantom menace for trying to take the step forward into that i will however not like story-wise horrible whatever and maybe even people will look back on it and say that was where the trend started and it was horrible at the end of the day you know with that at least yoda was still a puppet yeah, well, for those for you and I, Yoda was a puppet. For the younger generations, they may only ever see the. You know, they went back and took the puppet out, right? It was just they were like, well, might as well just spend a lot of money and delete them out of those movies too. He was a puppet. He was always a puppet, and will always be a puppet. Always be a puppet. And I think Force Awakens shows just how one can still think of these amazing, fantastical things, but have it be a grounded movie that can look amazing and i understand alice in wonderland is not our world i i don't want to hear it i when people are going to say well well wonderland is nothing like we can comprehend or anything like that okay well it still should have a narrative that can be followed like this movie made up names they gave names to all these characters to try and ground them but i couldn't even understand what what their names were i had to look it up afterwards every character got a name but no character in the book had a name i just i i could care less about this movie you could care less you couldn't i couldn't care less about this i made that mistake earlier 
I just, I just do not like this movie. Uh, I don't. I'm not excited to revisit it. I'm sure I am going to revisit it again once Alice Through the Looking Glass probably comes out on Blu-ray. I'll probably do a back-to-back just oh, to, gosh, I don't, just to double check. Lots hey, of drinks involved in that one. Oh, that's that's life in general. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I cannot recommend this movie. I can't yeah, I can't. It. I can't even recommend it. I, all I could think about the whole time is one of my best friends in the world, or my best friend uh, Kim. She, Alice in Wonderland, she loves it. Like it's her thing. Yeah. Like she loves it. She's got a tattoo that's like the Mad Hatter see, uh, a tea party scene, and she, you know, she's a literary person, so it's like the Lewis Carroll um, story is like she loves that. Um, you know, and when I first moved to Florida, I got her a Cheshire cat, like the pink and purple yeah. one that Disney has, like a pillow pet. And I didn't even stop to think, maybe she doesn't even like the Disney version of this. But I watch what Tim Burton did, and I think, there is no way that she... And I wanted to call her before this, so I just forgot. But I, I just, I know that she would never... And you're, I'm talking, she's also the number one Johnny Depp fan in the world. There's no way she's graced this movie with her eyes ever. That, And if she has, I'm sure she won't tell me. Like, she'll... It's just... It's it's an abomination. I I would love for Alice Through the Looking Glass to come out and end up being really good. I would love it if if it turned around like that. There is that little little thing in my heart that is almost like maybe it could turn around. But I don't believe that's going to happen at all. No. Um. At the end of the day, I've said that like six times now. Because I want this to end, I think. Just yeah. deep down, psychologically. No, I got I've got um, nothing else to say. I mean, I could go on I mean, just keep bashing the movie scene for scene, but I I want like Crispin Glover's terrible in it. He his I don't know, he's terrible in pretty much everything unless it's Marty McFly. Or, or, excuse me, George McFly. It, it's sad to hear Alan Rickman's voice and then realize that like some people I'm sure there are some people out there in the world who might never learn what Harry Potter is, and all they will have to go by Alan Rickman on is his voice. Oh, God. Can you imagine growing up and then being like, that guy's the guy who is the voice of the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland? I would... I would push that child down but you the know, nearest flight of stairs. You know there's someone out there that that's going to happen to. In yeah. some country somewhere. It could be America. America. could be somewhere else. Um, and that is just a scary thought that that might happen. Huh. Yeah, sadly, but we will go see it, and I will commit to seeing it solely based on Alan Rickman being one of his final performances, so, you know, even if it's just in voice, but we'll see if it picks up where the last story left off, because Alice left on The Wonder, and she went to China to start trading, so I'm I'm wondering if that's where that influences of her first outfit we see in this movie, yeah. but then, like, why is she in the insane asylum in the beginning? And then I also forgot to say, too... I mentioned Wizard of Oz at the beginning. That's what you find out then after she comes out of the freaking rabbit hole that, oh, well, there was a set of twins there and she's making a reference to how they're like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. And then this person and looks you like were there. this person. And it, you were there. Yeah, it's all oh, good. God. And just in the worst, the worst type of way. Worse, worse than, you know, someday I'm sure we could go back and re-review uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. Is that what it was called? Yeah. God, that movie was horrible, too. That movie was horrible for the same reason this movie was horrible. I watched it once. I cannot... I don't I even know. I can't even tell you anything that happened in it. I do know, though, that I still do... Uh, I, I have plans to watch it again eventually, but it's like one of those movies that is like so far down on my list of things that I ever want to sit through. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, another director that I like that fell wayward to that same exact thing. Like yeah. So... But we'll get to that on another day. I yeah. think I think we'll call it 
call it on Well, that. we have to do our percentage point. We've done oh, it yeah. the last okay. two, so. Well, you go. Mm. I, I, I'm going to give this movie... I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest. This is literally probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I know that's really damning it, but I, I, I honestly, I can barely understand what anybody's saying. I find it appalling to look at. Like, I just don't, it's just, it hurts my eyes. It just, it's, it's just, it's hard. But then again, I do, I do respect it for trying to take that route, I guess. Not even respect. That's too hard of a word. I vaguely respect it, but. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a 20%. Yeah, I before we did this, I realized that I I, uh, I never rated it on the Internet Movie Database. So I went back and I rated it technically on there. I rated it a three out of ten. In real life, I would probably value this around. I'm going to say around twenty eight percent. Yeah, um, I mean, this movie's a solid F. Yeah, I just it just doesn't work for me, and that's that's with the the knowledge that there was some great technology really put to use in this. I don't oh, think it was you put know what? to use well, but the technology was there. Some of the design was brilliant, although the follow through wasn't great. And uh, we need to touch on that real quick before we get off of there. Is that okay. this was on that 3D craze? But I want to say one of the things that really doesn't hold up well for this movie is it was not. Um, as much as you would think this movie seemed to have been conceptualized to be in 3D, which is what it appeared to be, it still fell wayward to the Disney Parks attractions of, we're going to shove this pointy stick at the screen, we're going to point with our finger really dramatically straight ahead at the camera, and that, when you're watching it on a 2D screen ten or, you know, six years later, you're just like, what was that? Yeah. No, that was, it, it's a sad actualization of that that time people thought 3d movies should be like that and then over the course of all these years now they've been kind of redeemed in that it's more about adding depth to the overall feel of the movie and and just and just going with it in that way instead of adding all the gags in so uh shame on alice in wonderland for doing that uh i hate that i'm gonna have to go home and shower myself now giving it a 28 percent but uh, at the end of the day, that makes four. Drink, drink up. We're yeah. It <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, if, if I mean, if you feel differently, normally I welcome people to like challenge my opinion. I honestly, I don't even really ever want to discuss Alice in Wonderland or anything that has to do with it. I'm sorry. I apologize. We can talk about the sequel all we want, but I just this is one of those like I feel the way I do, and there is no nothing that you can do or say that I can't imagine that would change my opinion like if johnny depp passed away god forbid tomorrow and i was like i'm gonna watch every one of his works i would i would start a fire and i would have a glass of whiskey and i would burn this movie instead of watching it in his honor and then dump a little whiskey in the fire i do want to hear if anyone out there does have positive things oh, to no, say about there this is movie. somebody they already sent me a message yesterday uh, i i want to see it too um however i'm not going to respond to any positivity about this movie <laughs> uh because you're wrong yeah so but yeah, feel free to and you know strap in because I'm guessing it's going to be another one like this whenever uh, we do Alice Through Looking Glass this coming weekend. Yeah, yes. so so we'll see. We'll have that up for you over the weekend, hopefully pretty promptly. But I think that will do it for this episode edition, whatever you want to call it, of Diz Pop. And uh, we will see you again soon if you want to. Say something to us, whatever. I the Twitter's going now. That's at Diz Pop Show. 
on Twitter, and you can always hit us up on the Diz Unplugged Facebook page, wherever, any sort of social media, whatever. But again, like Craig said, I'm not going to respond very much to... I'm not going to start anything with anybody. Nope. So, so I, I apologize. But thanks for listening. We will see you again next time with Alice Through the Looking Glass. Bye, everybody.